to be honest, I got butterflies. It was really exciting to get to, it, it feels like a little bit of hope, a little bit of light, um, a little bit of chance that we might start to see some, see some healing and see some people truly getting better and potentially tackling this virus. You had something historic happen to you today. What happened? I was the first here to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. show you right now California with its 55 electoral votes is pushing Mr. Biden and Senator Kamala Harris over the 270 votes needed for election. Hey, party crashers. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. However you found this, wherever you found this, I am so grateful that you did. Do us a favor, please rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss another one of these fine episodes. And did you give us a rating? Please give us five stars because a five-star rating feels like love. Four-star rating feels a whole lot like the friend zone. Um, so here we are. I'm going to work on that, by the way. I am so going to work on the kind of that music outro kind of thing that I've got going on. It's kind of that hard out. It's just kind of like, all right, we're done. Music over. Working on that. Um, so this was a big day, huh? Like, you know what? Here's the thing. 2020 got off to an auspicious start. It got really, really, really crappy in the middle, a little nerve wracking towards the end. But you know what? We're, we're coming out. We're coming out uh, kind of strong here to finish the year, huh? Going into 2021, you know, I always say finish strong. I feel like we're finishing strong. And I got to tell you, man, today was a good day. So at, 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 at record time, it's a quarter of six central time, quarter of seven East Coast. Breaking news. I I don't think I've ever been able to do this. I don't know. First of all, I don't really know if this is breaking news. This is me opening my computer for the first time today to the New York Times. Uh, but William Barr is out as attorney general. So for those of you who are kind of the early adopters getting those getting those push notifications of hot new um, hot new episodes of the uninvited. You're gonna kind of have breaking news. Bill Barr is out. Apparently, um, the the president was not happy that he wasn't able to deliver on all the things that Trump needed him to deliver on. So Bill Barr is out. So that is great news, breaking news, exciting news. Uh, I don't know if Bill Barr is exempt from prosecution, but I would cert. I'm no lawyer, so that doesn't. St you, you ever notice that when someone says, "Well, I'm no lawyer," the next, I don't even want to say few words, but the next diatribe that's going to come out of their mouth. I'm sorry. Let me use I language here. the The words that are about to come out of my mouth 
are probably not going to make any sense. And they're probably going to be a completely long diatribe. I'm no lawyer. But I'm going to go out on a limb to say that if someone wanted to bring obstruction charges against the soon-to-be-a-former Attorney General for the United States, I think they might have a legitimate case <laughs> uh, to make. Bill Barr is out. Joe Biden, um, President-elect Joe Biden, is officially affirmed by the Electoral College. He will officially be uh, the 46th President of the United States. And um, that's huge. And and not only that, um, I feel like today then marks the final, final victory that Joe Biden has had since November 3rd. I mean, so Joe Biden, by all accounts, has won the 2020 election 84 times now. Um, but it's over. It's official. 306 Electoral College. I mean, he's gotten over the 278. I mean, ultimately, when it's all said and done, he ha has 306 Electoral College votes. That is, um, by any other stretch, um, not even a stretch of the imagination, but by any other standard, that's a, that is a presidential mandate for uh, a challenger to, to win 306 votes over the incumbent is a repudiation of the previous administration. And it also serves as a mandate for the president. And uh, the Biden administration should treat that as such, especially since um, the we don't know. The current Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, will absolutely treat um, the president as if he has no mandate. So there again, that's that's for that's for Georgia to decide. I believe early voting started today in Georgia for the uh, two runoff elections for the U.S. Senate. Uh, one is David Perdue versus John Ossoff, and the other is Raphael Warnock. And why am I uh, Kelly Loeffler? Uh, and it's so interesting to see Loeffler and Purdue kind of running as a team. Have you all seen? Have you all? Okay, I know. So here's the thing. I will say this. In identity politics, most people are diehard team players. Okay? If you're on the red team, you are diehard red. Doesn't matter how bad your leader is, you're diehard red. And if you're blue... For the most part, you're diehard blue. But there's this guy. You know the the guy from Congress in Texas that has the eye patch? He's a... Oh, gosh. He was ex-military. I want to say Army Ranger. Am I making that up? This is fake news. But his, um, his new ad to mobilize Republicans for Loeffler and uh, Purdue... I'm sorry. I, I grew up on really bad Chuck Norris movies. And his political ad, if you haven't seen it, I don't even remember the name of it. I think it's pretty stinking awesome. I will tell you what's not awesome about this guy. Talk about not doing the advanced research. Um, apparently, he's a, um, a sexual predator, and I'm not sure how he's still in Congress. So I don't want to lift him up. Too much, but the ad is great. Speaking of um, just 
rampant sexism. Um, who is this asshole that wrote for the Wall Street Journal the other day? Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, referring to um, Dr. Biden's, um, her doctorate, and saying that it's fraudulent, saying that it's comical that she would put the doctor in front of her name. Um, I, I got to tell you, man, you know what? I, I was, let me just real quick, real quick. I'm going to say a couple things and then I'm going to go on a tangent and then I'm going to wrap the show. Two things. The first soundbite you heard, that was the, uh, the nurse, the first nurse in Kansas city to receive the vaccine. Uh, I think the very first person to get the vaccine was a critical care nurse in New York city. I was glad to see that. I, I must say. I was also glad it was very important that a black woman was getting the vaccine. You know, I think I talked about it on the last episode or two episodes ago. We don't have nearly enough um, professionals of color, medical professionals of color. Um, the Latinx and black communities, the uh, Asian Pacific Islander community, uh, indigenous peoples communities are, are widely underrepresented. Uh, in the medical field, we are also disproportionately suffering from COVID. Um, uh, we, uh, unfortunately, as a country, ha we have reached the three and, and surpassed the 300,000 death COVID death threshold today. So that's sad news. Uh, but the good news is this is very much a bad news, good news episode that the vaccine is here. People are starting to get it and it, it's, it's exciting. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, I will, someone asked the other day if I was involved, I, I am involved. I am not at all on the front lines of the, um, distribution work. I'm very much on, um, kind of on, on, in the background, um, friend and colleague Ryan Mulligan is on the front lines of this. Um, but I will tell you that it's going to take all of us to, to make sure that the vaccine gets to the people we need it. We need about 70, 75% of the entire population to take it. And I can just tell you from, even though I'm not on the front line, I am in, I have a little bit of inside baseball and I'm not trying to scare you, <laughs> but it's, if <laughs> this is a government coordinated thing, right? So if there was ever a place for liberals and conservatives to agree it's it on this one thing that government <laughs> is trying government is trying to do something as big as it's ever done and they're gonna let's just say they're going to need a lot of our help on the outside a lot and when i say a lot i mean more than you could possibly imagine okay but the vaccines are coming and it will take several months, but we're going to get there. Okay. So I wanted to lift that up. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to, to lift up was you heard, um, what you heard was Jesus and Mero talking to president Obama, uh, their episode with their interview with him, uh, debuted last night at press time on Sunday, check it out on showtime, Jesus and Mero. You could probably YouTube it. It's probably there. Um, you know, just. I don't know. I think we need some, we need, we need to see leaders leading. We need to see leaders engaging with regular folks. And um, Obama certainly has been making the rounds on, on the different talk shows and Jesus and Mero. 
two guys from from the city, New York City, uh, who've come up big and are just hilarious as hell. I feel like they are the new David Letterman as a as a duo. Okay, all that out the way. So I got I covered COVID. Uh, the we reached three hundred thousand deaths, but we've got the vaccine. Uh, we've talked William Barr out, Joe Biden in now. I'd like to just touch on real quick on uh, the Dr. Biden um, situation. So if you're if you're not aware, uh, there was an op-ed written in the Wall Street Journal, and the the person, um, gosh, am I am I am I totally gonna screw up his name? I don't want to screw up his name. I don't even really want to say. Um, his name. Um, but, oh, okay, I'm going to be honest here. We're, we're, we're amongst friends. We're amongst friends. I don't want to say his name because I've already forgotten his name. So, I don't want to say it because I don't want to say the wrong name. And I don't want to get the scorn uh, of, of everyone for, um, for, for getting the name wrong. But I will say this. I am not sure... Um, listen, I don't know about you. So here in Kansas city, here in Kansas city, um, there are a, a couple of, of grocery stores and, and, and it's, it's, it could be any, it could be any, um, city you pick a city and there's always that grocery store and the grocery stores, uh, are typically, um, located in parts of town that don't have access to full service grocery stores and, you know, we get the um, we get the milk that's close to expiring. We get the meat that's close to expiring, and it's tough um, if if that's all you have access to. But and it's it's a tough business to be a grocery store um, where you are selling near expired or expired goods. Like you would not really be able to thrive. Um, and, and those grocery stores don't thrive selling near expired or expired food. Uh, I think the same is going to be true for the wall street journal. Um, so I almost said Jeffrey Epstein. It's not Jeffrey Epstein. It's, uh, Joseph Epstein, Joseph Epstein wrote this piece in the Wall Street Journal. If you haven't read it, can I can I be honest with you? I, please don't. Please don't read it because it is one of the most offensive things that you'll ever read. But at in the beginning of the piece, he refers to Dr. Biden as Jill, as kiddo, and very condescending, and essentially saying that basically she should not address herself as doctor. And... He actually said that the only ones, only those who have delivered a baby, and actually what he says is unless, unless he has delivered a baby, unless he has delivered a baby, he should not be using doctor. Um, Joseph Epstein not realizing that. Um, I did look up his name, by the way, which is why I'm saying his name. Um Joseph Epstein not realizing that uh, Dr. Biden has actually delivered a baby, right? 
Um, all women. Here's here's the thing. All mothers. All mothers who have given birth have delivered a baby. Okay. Okay. So so, so we're clear on that. Um, and his re but his reasoning was that you know he's received he taught at Northwestern for over two decades and people often confused him uh, for being a doctor despite the fact never having more than a bachelor's degree and so he never used the term doctor and he doesn't believe that Dr. Biden should either and I'm like bro you're not a doctor so yeah you're right when people have called you doctor to correct them I've had people refer to me as doctor before I've had to correct them uh, I've had people refer to me as reverend before from back in my organizing days and I've had to correct them and it would never even dawn on me it would never dawn on me to ever use those um, in front of my name because I haven't earned the right right but it also would never dawn on me to tell someone who earned the right not to refer to themselves by um, by their uh, by their accomplishments. Um, and where I'm going with this is just in the same way that a good store does not sell expired milk, does not sell well past you know the 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 the, the place of, of being edible fruits and vegetables they don't sell expired meat it is time for it is time for us to dispose of these ideas it is time for them to go and the 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 editorial editor um Paul Gago, Gago, Gagot, doubled down and, and wanted to blame cancel culture on, um, on the response that the paper has gotten and saying that they will not be intimidated. Even went on to say that the Democrats, the Democrats are the ones who have taken this article and turned it into something that it isn't. And I'm thinking, bro, this isn't the way to go. And I think he's going to find out soon that of all the things that you could die on the sword of, I don't think dying on the sword of sexist ideas is the way to go. And it is time. It's time to um, to throw out these spoiled ideas. So sexism, twenty twenty one. Listen, the connection that I that I that I hope to make is that the COVID vaccine is here, and we are going to ultimately, and it's going to take some time. We're going to we're going to get past COVID. And the things that we need to decide right now is what is the world that we are returning to post-COVID? And I akin it to being that we have been on, 
we have been in exile from our daily lives pre basically pre mid February. Okay. And we are returning from exile. And when we return from exile, we have to decide how we want to comport ourselves and how do we want to, to organize or perhaps reorganize ourselves. What are the systems that we have in place? Do they still work for us? I'm going to suggest that it is time that we, it's time that we burn some bridges because some bridges were meant to burn. Okay. And we, it, we need to burn the bridge to racism. We need to burn the bridge to sexism. We need to burn the bridge to economic exploitation. All three of those things have come into play here during COVID, right? Like, and we don't have time to go into the, but there is, there is rampant, rampant sexism, um, is why we're seeing, you know, and, and why there's been so little action. Why aren't they not listening to nurses? Why aren't they listening to nurses? Why aren't they listening to public health directors? A lot of whom are women, right? Um, it is women who are the essential workers. It's women who are on the front line and they're being disregarded, right? But we don't have time to go into that, but we're going to go into that uh, probably here in, in, in subsequent weeks. But we've got we've to burn the bridge to misogyny. We've got to burn the bridge to xenophobia, homophobia. We have to burn the bridge because there's going to be that tendency and we're already seeing it. I feel like that Mr. Epstein's article was that shot across the bow saying that when we come back from COVID, we still expect to make America great again. And I'm using air quotes. And it is incumbent upon us to say to hell we are and to make sure that we don't. We've got to burn those bridges. And so some people might call it cancel culture. Okay. I'm down with that. But we're not going back to that crap. That's why I was so offended by, I'm like, we have been through hell as a nation for the entire year. And you're going to, when we are just now on the cusp of getting over one hurdle, COVID, in order for us to collectively get over another hurdle, which is structural racism, you want to remind, and, and so maybe I should be thanking him. A reminder that, oh yeah. Not only do we need to come over structural racism, but we need to overcome structural sexism. All of it's got to go. Burn that bridge and make sure that they don't have the materials to build it again. That's where I'm at. I'm going to tell you right now, folks. The other thing, and this is this is part of why I'm I'm keeping it short. Part part of why I'm keeping it short is um Today is December 14th. And um, on December 14th of 2012 was, was the happiest day of, of my life. Um, it was the day that Heidi and I 
uh, finalize our adoption of Anna. And um, it's been eight years. I will never forget. Um, we were all there. I mean, so when I say we were all there, like, you know, I think I've talked about this before. But please forgive me and just indulge me a little bit. Um, there's family and then there's the family you choose. And uh, on December 14th, 2012, we had all of our family. And people showed up for her, showed up for us that, uh, I mean, it was everybody. It was Heidi's parents, my parents. It was all of, it was Heidi's sisters. It was my brother. It was everybody. And then all of our friends from college, all of our friends that we, that Heidi and I um, consider family, um, were all there. And we're all in the courtroom together and the the judge had some very just amazing things to say and, and basically said like in all of all of his years on the bench he's never seen any uh, an outpouring of support like this before it was just moving uh we went to crown center afterwards to do ice skating and we were having the best day um and uh, it wasn't until, I don't know, 3.30, 4 o'clock um, that we got home. And uh, yeah, uh, we saw the images that everyone else had been seeing all day. And uh, every day, uh, every day, not every day. Every year on this day, I'm reminded that the best day of my life is the worst day for all of those parents, their siblings, their family, their friends, um, and not just for Sandy Hook, but every, every mass shooting. And so we haven't obviously seen a lot of these things happen because we've been, for the most part, you know, we've, we've been isolated from each other and sheltering in place. But I will tell you this, that we absolutely need to burn the bridge to community gun violence and mass shootings and just sit the senseless use and access the senseless access to weapons of of mass destruction that's not the world i want to go back to and i would i would surmise that that's probably not the world that any of us want to go back to so whether it's the sexism from from mr epstein whether it's the, the, the racism of the, of the trying to steal the election from the American people, from those Democrat cities. Whether it's xenophobia, whether it's misogyny, uh, whether it's homophobia, whatever it is, whatever those things that held people down, that subjected people to being otherized, marginalized, minoritized, 
we're done with that. And I think I want to spend, and I, you know, I haven't decided if I'm going to do it on this platform or if it's going to be on another platform, but I want to spend time digging into the bridges that must be burned in order for us to move forward. In order for us to advance, not only in our thinking, but in our doing and in our being, we have to let those ideas die. We have to let them die. So that's uh, that's the high note. <laughs> that's the high note for this show. Um, so yeah. There was, it's a days of high, it's a day of highs and lows. It is a day of remembrance. It is a day of reflection, a day of celebration. Um, and it's also just, it's just also, it's, it could just be, you know, it's another day that we made it. Right. Um, but whatever the day is for you, um, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're still going. And um, to to quote my friend Kara Warner, um, it's an axiom that I know that um, that a lot of the moms use in in in, um, in moms demand action. Um, just keep going. Just keep going. And um, you keep going. You're gonna get to where you want to be. And I think we're going to get there and hopefully we all get there um, together and hopefully we, we cross paths along the way. Uh, on that note, I'm going to go celebrate my daughter and um, I'm going to catch you all on the flip side of the next episode of The Uninvited. Peace. <laughs>